And welcome everyone, Charles Moskowitz here. Thanks for joining me. Cliff Kincaid is my guest. Uh, Cliff is an author. He's a conservative political activist. He's written a whole plethora of excellent books. Um, he is hosting the uh, website Americans Survival, and he's got a really controversial article up there right now, From One Plantation to Another, The Tainted Red Legacy of John Lewis. Cliff, thanks for joining me. Charles, great to be back. Thanks for inviting me. So there's a great deal of um, of reverence and um, you know accolades being paid to the late Representative John Lewis. Uh, there's enactments in Selma, Alabama, at the Pettus Bridge, and there's formality. I just as a little sidebar, I think a day or two after the passing of John Lewis. Um, Civil rights activist Charles Evers, the brother of of the late Medgar Evers, passed away, and he had a lifelong history of uh, of activism as a political rights leader. Not mentioned by the press, I suspect, because he was a Trump supporter. Um, but uh, here we are with John Lewis and this kind of veneration. It's almost like this 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 uh, induction into a, a secular version of sainthood. Talk a little bit about uh, John Lewis and who, his, who he was, what his background was. Certainly he was a civil rights activist, and I give him uh, credit for that. Uh, civil rights is a great and noble cause. We all support that. Uh, but I submit that he really betrayed the cause of civil rights. Now, I don't want to be accused of, of not giving him due credit for going over that bridge back in 1965, standing up for civil rights and getting hit over the head by the police. That took a lot of courage. Uh, but he's not the type of person who walks on water. He has some serious, had some serious flaws. And I do question all this attention. Uh, I'll just quote from the New York Times today, John Lewis is the first black lawmaker to lie in state in the Capitol Rotunda, civil rights icon, uh, referred to as the conscience of the Congress for his moral authority. And then of course we have this section, President Trump is not scheduled to attend to view the casket at the Capitol. And this is gonna be Mark my words, Charles, the next big scandal, of course. President Trump not going to visit the casket. And, and of course, uh, what the uh, stories leave out are the flaws, the controversies involving John Lewis. Among other things, uh, Congressman Lewis had basically accused President Trump of being a Russian agent. Yes, he did. He and had, I think that President Trump is actually quite courageous to not do that. Going to the casket would have been the easy thing to do. But the fact is that Trump doesn't play ball like that. I mean, Lewis was extremely critical of Trump. I mean, in, in a way that was well beyond appropriate for an incoming president, even before he took office. And uh, Lewis, like, he was a partisan Democrat. Like most right. Democrats, he relied on the basis of that bogus uh, Trump-Russia dossier uh, to conclude, in Lewis's words, that Trump was an illegitimate uh, president. And he, Lewis, and many others followed his lead because he's the conscience. Right. Uh, they refused to go to Trump's inauguration. Well, 
that that needs to be told. That part of the story needs to be told that uh, uh, Lewis jumped to conclusions, erroneous conclusions, false conclusions about President Trump. But the article, the long article, it's I think about 2,500 words that I've put up on my website, uh, usasurvival.org, goes into something else that is even more bothersome, uh, at least to me. Yes. And that is how Lewis, back in 1965, had attended an event in honor, a tribute to Paul Robeson, right. who was a, a black communist. He concealed his Communist Party membership when he was alive. It came out later, according to the party itself, that he had been a member. Uh, we knew, according to black communists who had joined the party and left, such as Manning Johnson, Mm -hmm. Nobody's probably heard of Manning Johnson, but talk about courage. Not. Yeah. You know, talk about bravery. Manning Johnson broke with the Communist Party and, and verified under oath that indeed Paul Robeson was a Communist Party member. But it goes even beyond that. that and, and let me, by way of uh, background, this is the famous article in Freedom Ways magazine. This was uh, uh, really a communist publication financed by money uh, from the Chinese and Russian Communist Party at the time. And you'll see this is an article, actually, the transcript of a speech that John Lewis had given in 1965 about Paul Robeson, called uh, Paul Robeson, Inspirer of Youth. Mm -hmm. Now, not only should people have known or suspected at the time that Robeson was a communist, but he was outspoken in his uh, devotion to the mass murdering Soviet dictator, Joseph Stalin. And you know, fact, the, only, the only thing I can recount specifically about Robeson was from, I believe, David Horowitz's book, A Radical Son, where he recounts that Robeson in the late 1940s was in Moscow visiting Stalin. And while he was there, he was supposed to do this public relations bit about the great you know, art community and how liberal it was. And he met with several artists, including Yitzhak Pfeffer, who at that time was being investigated by the Cheka or whatever they called it at that point. And Pfeffer was afraid to even speak too loudly because he knew the room was being bugged. And he made a, a symbol like, like he was going to be losing his life. And, uh, and could, could Robeson help? And Robeson never said a word about it. Uh, went back to the States, said nothing, and Pfeffer and a lot of other people were executed. So, you know, just to show you how extreme he was, I mean, in terms of being with Stalin and uh, not, you know, being an, an apologist for Stalin. I mean, uh, you know, I think there's probably other stories like that as well with regard to Robeson. And he later uh, got the Stalin Peace Prize. Uh, he stuck with Stalin through the Hitler-Stalin Pact. Whereas other communists who were in the party, they saw that happen, they got out. Uh, but, but not Robeson. He stuck with this mass murdering dictator. And that's why it's so important to bring this up. I mean, can you think, Charles, if there was a politician who was close to a top Nazi figure, uh, some figure in, in Hitler's regime, or who was an apologist for Hitler, uh, had that flaw in his character, do you think that politician, that American politician, would be honored like Lewis is today? If it was Alger Hiss, yes. 
<laughs> I mean, uh, there's a new book that's just out about, by the way, Senator Joe McCarthy, that I'm interviewing the author next week, who hates McCarthy, and he's a typical liberal, you know, he was a bully and all that. And uh, I, I'm going to say, ask him, I mean, first of all, the people that McCarthy, regardless of the flaws in his personality, uh, he's been largely proven to be, to be, have been correct, and that the people he was investigating in the State Department, like Alger Hiss and Harry Dexter White and, and all this long list of others, they were not only pro-Stalin and helping Stalin at the beginning of World War II, but they also were helping Hitler. Because we need to remember that between August 9th of 1939 and June 22nd of 1941, Hitler and Stalin were allies and they were working together. And that the Communist Party of the United States and their satellites were working for both Stalin and Hitler in their effort to be the so-called peace party because they wanted peace because they thought it would help Stalin and Hitler. They and were sabotaging the American armaments at the time, too. You're right. And Robeson stuck with uh, Stalin through the Hitler-Stalin pact. And so did, by the way, another black communist, Frank Marshall Davis, who, who turned was Barack out to Obama's mentor. Brock, and here's what, he, and getting back to John Lewis, here's what John Lewis, again, this is published by Freedom Ways, which was the publication getting the communist money through the Communist Party USA to manipulate and exploit black people. I mean, this was oh, yeah. what they did, and they did it well. And I submit this is partly uh, the explanation of why uh, we've got some of these racial problems today and why this Oh, no funeral doubt. for Lewis is going to be used to further exploit the racial divide. But here's what John Lewis said in his speech. Again, it's called Paul Robeson, Inspirer of Youth. And some might say, well, John Lewis didn't know anything about Robeson's communist connections. Well, here's what uh, Lewis said, referring mm -hmm. to Robeson. He talked and listened to the representatives of the Communist Party. Now, he wasn't saying that as criticism. No. He was saying what, this is pride, that this Robeson was such a militant that he went to the communists for help and advice. That's it. And then you got this from the same speech that Lewis gave. In many ways, we of SNCC, SNCC, the Student Nonviolent mm -hmm. Coordinating Committee that Lewis ran, yeah. he was the chairman of, in many ways, we of SNCC are Paul Robeson's spiritual children. Now that, oh, you know, I is. submit for, for all we can say about how Lewis stood up to the police and walked over that bridge and suffered because of it, this is a terrible character flaw of his to uh, have stood by and supported Paul Robeson, the Stalinist. In fact, Manning Johnson said Robeson wanted to be the black Stalin. Uh, that, that Lewis stood by him and in the subsequent years when he became a congressman from Georgia, never disavowed his support of Robeson. And we've got a Robeson Center at Rutgers University. We've got a Robeson stamp that was issued by the U.S. Postal Service. We've got a high school named after Robeson in Philadelphia. This guy, Robeson, the, the communist Stalinist, Mm. is still regarded as some kind of sympathetic figure to this day. And I submit, Charles, this is why we have to set the record straight. Well, you know, now that we're tearing down monuments, maybe they should start with those. But, uh, right? I mean, but putting that, and not that I'm saying that we should tear down any of it, but look. No, I you're mean, right. But here, here's the problem. I, 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 somebody sent me this today from a so-called conservative columnist, Quinn Hillier, 
uh, Alabama rightly honors native son John Lewis. Uh, he calls him peaceful, patriotic, and so on and so forth. Well, I find it incredible that th so few conservatives in the media are willing to tell the truth about John Lewis. You know, we just had this survey come out, I'm sure you saw it, where mm -hmm. it found that um, most conservatives are reluctant to talk politics. They don't, uh, they don't want to uh, uh, reveal their true feelings about some of these issues. Well, that, I understand that because they fear the repercussions, but what accounts for so many conservatives in the media Certainly not you. I mean, you're willing to talk about these things. Absolutely. But conservatives like this guy Hillier, conservatives on Fox News, who are unwilling to tell the truth about Lewis's uh, promotion and support for this Stalinist Paul Robeson. Why are they so afraid? Well, I mean, it's, uh, it's awfully ugly out there right now that with the rise of this fascistic uh, movement where you have to bow and scrape and say Black Lives Matter. Will you say Black Lives Matter? You know, there's, there's billions everywhere. And uh, you can't say, yes, Black Lives Matter, which is why I'm against that communist organization. But the thing is to do that and to stick your neck out like that takes a great deal of courage. And people, even at Fox, they could probably lose their jobs. And it's, it. it's a shame because it all, of this, it's, it's all of this is on the public record. Again, this is the Lewis article from Freedom Ways. Uh, this is an article I wrote for Accuracy in Media and other publications back in 2012 about how uh, the Soviet Union and Red China financed uh, Freedom Ways, this uh, basically communist publication targeting the black community. And the reason this is all relevant, of course, is because of the racial controversy, the riots, and everything that are engulfing our cities today, let's set the record straight. Let's hold those responsible who have contributed to the fires that are burning. Uh, right. Can't and, we just and, at least tell the truth? And we should note that those fires are burning down black businesses. They're looting black stores. They're burning black houses. They're killing black people. So who really does care about black lives? But, you know, going back to uh, John Lewis and the communist infiltration of the black community starting probably after World War II and, and on into the 50s, uh, I, I haven't done a lot of research in terms of what their agenda was. My suspicion is that, as you say, they played the dialectical game. They wanted to develop race identity from both blacks and whites, and they wanted to create conflict because uh, that's how the dialectical process that communism is based on and that in that capacity they were trying to create black separatism black zones if you will black belt i, I believe i've heard in the south where yeah. you would have a movement actually to break away from the american republic and create black states in the south they wanted sedition they wanted whatever they could get to disrupt uh, and to retard the development of the black community as a as a capitalist, bourgeois middle class community, which was under which it was undergoing, starting after World War II in particular, they wanted to disrupt that in the same way they wanted to disrupt that process in Russia before the before the before Lenin. I mean, this was uh, it's it, they were using black people as cannon fodder in their revolution to transform America. Let's just put it that way. That's exactly right. Actually, 
though I would go even further back in the article I have up uh, the PDF on my website, I go back in time to point out that actually the effort to exploit and, and manipulate racial hostility in the United States started literally two years after the Russian Revolution, when the Comintern held a big meeting on how can we exploit, uh, they called it the Negro problem in the United States. And uh, this Soviet-funded journal, Communist China-funded journal, Freedom Waves was a big part of it. Uh, and and I, it's sad to say we won't go into a lot of this now, but, but here's an, an issue with uh, Martin Luther King Jr. on it. Uh, he the, look, I mean, let's be honest, I don't, not yeah. to go too far into that, but yes, he attended some of that, uh, what was it, the... Um, this camp in uh, Tennessee, I forget the name of it. The Highlander School. The Highlander School. And, and now, the fact is that the Kennedy brothers uh, knew that there were communists around Martin Luther King Jr. And they had manip they asked King, get rid of these guys. You know, let me just weigh in on that one because I interviewed an author of a book called The Kennedy Men a couple of years, probably about 10 years ago. I forget the na his name, but... It was a pretty mainstream book. I mean, it was published by Simon and Schuster, but he recounts in that book that that the Kennedys, who didn't like Martin Luther King, they had a conversation with Martin Luther King in the Oval Office, where Kennedy said, "Look, you have communists in your orbit," and he named two of them, those being uh, Levinson and Odell. Yes. And I want you to get rid of them. They're they're working for the Soviet Union. You have to distance yourself from them. And Martin Luther King said, okay, fine, but he didn't do it. And that's what led Robert Kennedy to ask J. Edgar Hoover to start bugging Martin Luther King. And of course, we know what happened with that. He found out all sorts of nasty things about King's private life. I'm only bringing it up to point out that, um, that this was something that was identified at that time. Not that Martin Luther King was a communist. I don't believe he was. I no. think Martin Luther King was willing to play footsie with the communists because he knew where that was. He knew that that's where the power resided. He knew he wanted to bring up his movement, which was, I think, a good movement, a nonviolent movement. And he was willing to play ball with various people to, to do that. He was a very sharp operator more than anything. He was, so, but I don't believe he was a communist. That's he wasn't, except I, I will say this, and I, I think I cover this in my longer version of the article, is that the communists around King then manipulated the civil rights issue uh, right. to go beyond that into foreign policy. And they convinced King to come out against the Vietnam War. Uh, and that was a big change because right. prior to that, King had been focusing on civil rights for blacks and other minorities, a, a great and noble cause. But the communists said, no, we're going to use you uh, to try to uh, uh, decrease support for American involvement in the effort to stop communism's advance in Southeast Asia. And you know, the rest is history. That's a Democrat-run right. uh, uh, Congress cut off aid to South Vietnam. 55,000 Americans uh, lost their lives in vain. And, and, and uh, Vietnam today is ruled North and South ruled, by the communists. Yeah. It's a communist dictatorship. And, and, and frankly, King's speech played a role in that debacle, that, that fiasco. And this is why it's so important for the truth to come out. Uh, oh, I agree. Black I mean, or white, we should want the truth, but you can't find the truth anymore. It's so hard, even though 
I, I had written about this uh, Lewis speech again back in 2012. It's available, people can find it. Uh, why hasn't anybody ever asked? Of course, yeah, it's, it's too it's late hot, now. It's a hot potato. And also, it's a look. hot, and they, they don't want to be accused. See, if conservatives bring this up, we'll be accused of racism for saying well, we to could, John I, Lewis, I, I, why did you support? And by the way, here's another important point about Paul Robeson. He was a gifted entertainer, right. great singer, sure. uh, just a tremendous individual, many talents, knew many languages. He took advantage of many opportunities that America gave him. Uh, he, he graduated from Rutgers University, and then he got a law degree from Columbia School of Law. I mean, he took advantage of all these opportunities when they would pull him in to talk about his Communist Party membership. He'd say, either he lied about it at one point, or then he'd say, oh, I take the fifth. Uh, so he'd take advantage of our own constitution to protect his subversion. Uh, oh, yeah, so, yeah. And then, but what does he do in return? He goes up to the United Nations with members of the Communist Party. These were open members. And he submits a petition to the United Nations charging America with genocide yeah. of black people. You know, I think when they, when, if and when they charge us with racism, having something against black people, which you know they will do, and they have a monopoly, almost a propagandistic monopoly on how that uh, uh, charge is applied and to whom. I mean, I counter that by saying, who are the real racists? Who are the people who supported policies that destroyed or, or seriously damaged the black community and the social fabric of black people starting in the 1960s with welfare programs, with, a, with these big schools that uh, poor black kids had to go into that were, were taking away phonics and teaching them, you know, uh, you know, behaviorism by removing the black father from the family through these programs, by introducing crime and frankly drugs, that's a whole different subject. Um, you know, destroying the black church by paying off ministers so they could set up abortion clinics, which was what the Negro Project was all about. And uh, you know, destroying black entrepreneurialism with 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 bad business philosophy, high taxes, you know, regulation, and all the rest. Who hurt the black community? I mean, who are the real racists here? You know, and I just want to also, I have to say, briefly comment on your comment, your great comments on the Vietnam War, because um, you know we won the Vietnam War, and then we gave it away to the communists. I mean, Nixon in, in January of 1973 signed the Paris Peace Accords, and that ended the Vietnam War. And we had achieved our goal, which was to keep South Vietnam free. North Vietnam capitulated to that. And there were side agreements with the Paris Peace Accords, which would involve America continuing to support South Vietnam uh, militarily, you know, through training and also materially through trade and, and other things. And there was no war for almost two years. South Vietnam was, was stabilizing. You know, I'm not saying they were any, by any means perfect, but they were free. And then when, the, uh, when Nixon was impeached in, 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 in mid-74, Congress turned over to very liberal Democrats in that election. This was the election of 74. And in comes all these new uh, left-wing Democratic senators like Joe Biden, by the way, and Leahy and all the rest of them. And they led an effort with the head of it being my own senator at the time, Ted Kennedy, that suddenly cut off all aid to South Vietnam, military and otherwise, completely cut it off. And within a few weeks, 
of that, North Vietnam, backed by the full support of the Soviet Union with all their material, launched a full-scale invasion of South Vietnam. And South Vietnam fell about a month later, as did Cambodia. The result has been a horror show. Million people murdered due to the communist left-wingers, especially in Cambodia. And by the way, Jimmy Carter never said a peep about it. You had boat people, 100,000 people getting on these rickety boats with shark-infested waters. It was a human rights disaster. It was. And the only thing I'd add to that, Charles, that's an excellent timeline, is that uh, the Congress cut off aid to South Vietnam after a caucus in the House of these really radical left-wing members. It was then called Members of Congress for Peace Through Law. I think that was the name of it. They said, no, no more aid. The Congress followed. We got hundreds of thousands of boat people out of Vietnam, uh, two million dead in Cambodia because of the Khmer Rouge. And, 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 and the irony is, on top of all of this, you've got today, uh, most uh, blacks, about usually, what, 90%, are voting for the party of slavery voting for the party of slavery. You know something? I think that's the Democratic Party. And 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 this is why I I don't bring this up for that purpose, but for for Trump in 2016 got I think eight percent of the black vote. It's not going to change because No, I think it is going to change. I think I don't I disagree with that. All right, well we're gonna see. I think Trump is going to capture 45% 45% of the black vote. The recent polls show that uh, Biden's we'll getting see. about 88% of the black vote still. Oh, that's, I 20, know. that's 20%. I mean, and I think it's going to grow. I think Trump is going to do, yeah, it's going to be the biggest cultural shift. And I think black people are waking up, especially with these, these destruction in their cities. And I mean, I, I, you know, maybe it's from my lips to God's ear. It's simple. I have no proof, right? <laughs> it's just a personal opinion. I think Trump is going to take, 40% of the black vote, and it's going to be a revolution. Well, we'll be... see, but I'll tell you what. Yeah. The truth is that uh, blacks, whites, everybody needs to know the truth about John Lewis's real record. Exactly. He did, he did have character flaws. They need to know not only about Paul Robeson, who's still regarded as a hero in the black community, but people like Manning Johnson. Or uh, I would cite another a great black leader still alive today, Alan Keyes, who... Uh, remember, he ran against Barack Obama for the Senate the first time around. He did. And, and, and if he had won, we would have had a great president. But uh, and, and also, I mean, the late uh, Dr. Mildred Jefferson, the first yes. black woman to graduate from Harvard Medical School and a, a friend of mine before she. And so away. I totally support uh, giving time and attention to the conservative blacks out there. We see some of them on Fox News, but let's go further. Let's, let's, let's go back in history, tell the truth about a character like Robeson, tell the truth about John Lewis while giving him credit for civil rights Fine. activism. Exactly. He had this terrible flaw and, and we have to set the record straight so more people understand how the communists for almost a hundred years have been manipulating blacks against their own interests. Oh, absolutely. Well, anyway, Cliff, listen, uh, you've got a great article up there. Let my viewers and listeners know where they can can read it and get more information. Yes, go to usasurvival.org. You'll see it uh, right in the middle there from one plantation to another. It's about John Lewis and Paul Robeson. 
and and you can click on it and and sign up for our newsletter. We send these out every uh, every couple of days. Excellent. All right, Cliff Kincaid, I want to thank you for joining me as always. 